my notes just went away. I deleted them by accident. You deleted yes. all your notes? Yeah. No, I got them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 5, Episode 1, Lost. The Astraeus crew returns to Eureka four years later and must adapt to myriad changes, including a more oppressive version of Deputy Andy in the Season 5 premiere. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Jamie Paglia and directed by Michael Hastings. Original air date, April 16th, 2012. So we are back with season five, finally. Not finally. I mean, finally. It's about time, kind of thing. We, yeah, we got <laughs> we got to season five faster than I thought we would, but um, this is a short season, so we're coming to the end of this podcast. So we're at season five, episode one, Lost. I'm Vicky, and I'm here with my co-host Skip. How are you doing? Moving into season five, we're going to have a different format for the podcast. It was never my intention to recap the entire episode scene by scene. It just kind of evolved into that. We have to imagine, if you're listening to the podcast, that you've actually seen the episode, too. Well, hopefully everybody that's listening to the podcast has has actually seen the episode, or they would have no interest in the podcast. Unless they listen to the podcast and then say to themselves, geez, I have to go see that. And that could be, because on the Star Trek podcast, there are people who didn't want to pay for CBS All Access. And we're listening to the episodes oh, okay. as they wanted the entire uh, yeah. thing okay. spelled out for them. As a sort of a circuit yeah. of watching <laughs> yes. the show. Yeah. So hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you have seen the episode. So we don't feel the need to go scene by scene. So we're pretty much going to talk about the stuff in the episode that interests us. Right. We're just yeah. going to do a quick recap at the beginning, beginning to end. And then we're going to talk about the things we liked, the things we didn't like, the things we're interested about. So hopefully that works out better. That was a horrible speech. I think it worked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did. I think it worked. I don't think you should edit any of this. Okay, yeah, that was just, just... play it as is. Okay, that was ridiculous. Getting back to the episode, we're finally in Season 5, Episode 1, Lost. We pick up right where we left off in Season 4 after the unscheduled launch. Or do we? Or do we? Or do we? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> On board the Astraeus, Allison wakes to find that the ship is about to crash. She wakes the crew, and after some difficulty, they manage to land the ship, believing they are on Titan. They are incorrect. They have landed right back in Eureka. As the episode progresses, we find that they have actually been gone four years. Jack has been raising Allison's kids. Kevin is in college. IAs, or the Andes, have taken over the town. Henry seems to have lost his mind. Sarah is the director at GD. And the biggest twist is that Carter and Joe are a couple. Making the adjustment to the time that they have lost even harder, the crew begins to suspect that something is very wrong with the inhabitants in town and the employees at GD. Not only are there Andes everywhere, but people like Isaac Parrish suddenly go from hostile and payback is a bitch mode when Fargo and Holly are assigned to work for him to compliant and almost stuck for wives like. When Andy has a robot, is that tiny? That was tiny. 
they came. That was not tiny. That wasn't tiny. That was not tiny. That was a big robot. Yeah. I thought it was tiny when you see it through the glass. I was like, oh, tiny. But it's not tiny. Okay. It's, it's a robot with giant grabby claws. Okay. I was Because I was confused, too. I couldn't decide if it was tiny or not. When Andy has a robot take Henry and Grace, Carter lets the rest of them know that he believes that they're being taken away to become more compliant like the rest of Eureka. Carter, Allison, Zane, and Joe have to put their differences aside and work together with Fargo and Holly to keep them all from being mind-adjusted. Yeah. Attitude yeah. adjusted yeah. is what they call it. But that. wasn't that Dr. Parrish's thing with the yes. bees? Remember, yes. that's his uh, thing yes. that finally works now. Yes. Joe and Zane team up to go to the Astraeus to hack the system while Fargo and Holly try to take down Sarah's firewall. Carter and Allison try to talk some sense into Andy while also stalling him to give the others time to hack and take down. Joe and Zane are attacked in the Astraeus and they have to resort to the runabout. <laughs> or maybe we could call that separating the saucers. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked myself up. (laughs) To keep from being blown out of the air until Holly and Fargo can get the firewall down. Holly and Fargo pull the last piece out of the firewall while being attacked by one of the Andes. And Zane, seeing the firewall has been taken down, hits the button on the computer. The head Andy hits the button on Parrish's device to erase Henry and Grace, but instead is knocked out of commission himself, along with all the other IAs. Fargo reclaims his position as head of GD and promises to reverse all the mind adjustments done on all the Eurekians, with the exception of Parrish, maybe. But just when we think that everything is back to normal, as normal as walking into your life four years later can be, we see that Beverly and her goon from the Omega Girls have the entire crew hooked up to computers, and the lives they are living are not real. The best minds in the world are working for Beverly's group now. Wow, that Beverly, she's something else. But we get to meet evil Andy, which is cool. And you know he's evil immediately. Right, and he has the same exact smile as he has as good Andy. And the same demeanor. Exactly. But he's evil Andy. Disturbing. Wearing all black. Yeah, that was totally disturbing. Absolutely. But it was funny. My first thought was, Fargo has grown and matured so much throughout this season. But there's always that little Fargo-ness. Yeah. When he just sideswipes Grace and runs off of the ship to be <laughs> the, the first flag, one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Grace, well, you know, who's the he, captain? He was vying for that position the whole time. Oh, my God. I, oh, I know. And so I know, he was like, but... this is my chance. I'm going to do it. And then evil Andy run back inside. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what I thought when I first saw this. I didn't think anything hokey was out it at first. Well, no, I, I thought I it was I like th- it was going to be a Planet of the Apes kind of right. uh, thing, you know. And um, and that brings up an interesting question for me. Okay. They were going faster than light mm-hmm. for a few minutes. They come back. It's four years later. So now relativity says that's. You know, the faster you go, the slower time goes. Okay. Until you hit the speed of light, time stops. But, of course, your mass increases, too, so you get up to infinite mass. So it's kind of impossible for anything with mass to go fast, but it's a fiction show, so we're going to overlook that thing. But what happens if you're going faster than the speed of light? I don't know. Yeah, see, that's a a good question. Would you start going backwards That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, but that, yeah, I mean, that's... I don't know. Yeah. So they figure four minutes, they get back four years. At the speed of light, 
time for them would stop. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so who knows how long it could have taken. Yeah. Like you say for a minute, time stops. Right. No, that makes yeah. sense. That makes perfect sense. But faster than light, it's a question I need answered. And maybe somebody out there has a advanced mathematics degree and could... Uh... I actually have an answer for you for one question from season two, but uh. we're going to talk about that in the finale episode. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it has nothing to do with now. I came across something that oh, okay. is an explanation of something... So Henry's garage. Henry is like in a tinfoil hat room. Yeah. And Grace looks terrified of what's happening to him. And yeah. she really looks at him like, oh no, this is the ultimate conspiracy theorist. There is. You're not safe here. Well, no one is. And if they find this place, they'll come for us. I don't understand. They're watching us, but, but we're watching them. Them? The DOD, Senator Wen, the Andes, they called off the search, Grace. They made an example of me so that they could take over. But, but, but you're back now, and you can help fix this before it's too late. As it turns out, he's right about everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Henry's my favorite character. Yeah. Always, always. Yeah. And it kind of broke my heart. See him crazy and oh, broken. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the first time, yeah. So I was glad that we find out that he's right oh, yeah. about everything he's yeah. doing. But, you know, watching it, I knew he was right. Well, I think I did too. You got but... evil Andes, you got everything is kind of a little weird, Sarah's in control of everything, AI has taken over the town, right. and GD, Henry is excommunicated from right. uh, everything, she goes to see him. Of course, he's distraught about the whole thing. Right. When you see him in this room that he built. Yeah, his secret basement. Yeah. yeah. It was unnerving. Yeah. But he's always had that secret basement. You think so? He's always had that secret basement. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the episode Stoned, but that was in his basement. That was, no, uh, that was somebody else's basement. Right around the scene where Zane gets zapped by Martha. Yep. I almost thought the crew was abducted and being held by aliens. Oh, really? Because when, when they were trying to the make you... Co- yes. Yeah. And I thought they didn't know that that's where the abducted, four years yeah. went. They were being held by aliens. Oh, okay. It's like he was having a flashback. And he was having a flashback. Having a flashback. Oh, that's okay. what I was thinking when they were trying to revive him. Because they really didn't show any faces or anything at that point. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, blue yeah. flashbacks. It's like you see in all the alien abduction the, movies. The Dr. Light yes. and the people going, oh, he's going on That's what I was thinking the first time I watched it. I was kind of convinced that they had been gone for four years because they were abducted. Being held. Yeah. yeah. For me, the biggest shock was that Jack and Joe were together. But that's when I started suspecting that something that was something wrong. That something was wrong. Right. <laughs> because it makes perfect sense in the real world. That would make perfect sense. Yeah. But they spent so much time with the Jack and Allison storyline for yeah. four seasons that having them with Joe, there's no good way out of that. But Joe... Was having doubts about the town, you know, and everything like that. I was thinking this is her exit out of, out of the, the show. show. That would be the only good way yeah. out of it, yeah. But so this he was had, her exit scene. Unless she died, which is not a good way out of it because then Jack would be heartbroken forever. Yeah. Or then if she immediately left town, hook up with your old girlfriend. Right. Or if she left yeah. town would be the only good way is out of that. If they came back and we found that Jack was going out or living with some strange person from town. Yeah. I wouldn't have suspected something was wrong. Yeah, but because, but because, it, was because Joe, it was Joe, there's no way they can get out of this without yeah. killing her or making her leave town. Yeah, 
So, the first time I watched it, that's when I kind of started suspecting something was wrong. See, I just figured Joe was on her way out. She was just going to leave the series. That's what I mean. That would be the only way they can get out of it. Yeah. Because you can't have them living in town after he dumps her to take Allison back. And with AI running everything, there's no another job for her. Right. Unless she goes, works at Cafe Diem as a waitress. Right. So that would not work out well. Which would have been hilarious, though, right? <laughs> now that I think about it. Well, there you go. See, we have Doug Gramley. I want him to come write up fan fiction. Because <laughs> he came up with this whole scenario for one, this one day at Space Camp. Yeah. That, w- that he would have rather seen. <laughs> and, I, and I told him, we have to write that. And there you go. There's another episode. Yeah. Joe is the waitress at Cafe Diem. That would be great. Just one episode. So Zane is kind of the first to figure out that something is really wrong. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of always the first one. Yeah. Him or Henry are always the ones. Henry's already got something in the works, but Zane figures there's something going on with them. Right. Zane's the first one from the crew, yeah, yeah. to figure out something's really going on. I love Pierce and his adrenaline suppression system. Yeah. His ass. <laughs> <laughs> I've been able to work all the bugs out of my ass. Excuse me? ASS. Adrenaline suppression system. It's for combat situations. It uh, targets the neurotransmitter frequencies in the limbic area of your enemy's brain, and it turns aggression into submission. People just do as they're told. And it really works? That's how I got promoted to head up the unconventional weapons lab. So this attitude adjustment system that he has is, like you said... His old... Um, his old... What do you call that thing? Uh, the, I forgot what it was called, bees, but we had but, the bees, and he yeah. made the bees all angry right. instead of Which was supposed docile. to calm down. Yeah. Which was always funny, you know, how you get a bunch of angry bees, how do you know if they become a little angrier? He, of course, when Fargo has to work for him, yeah. is totally enjoying that. But then the Andy steps in. He needs an attitude adjustment, yeah. and he gets and one. And he gets one. And it's kind of creepy seeing yeah. him like so. come back, and he's got bagels. Good morning, kids! I brought blueberry muffins, and they're still warm. Duck's favorite. That's very thoughtful of you, Isaac. Thank you. To a disturbing degree, they're probably poisoned. <laughs> Not at all. This is my apology for my attitude yesterday. It was immature and unprofessional and... I'm really sorry, you guys. I would really like a fresh start. What do you say, Doug? Yes. Oh, great! Well, let's dive right in then. Come on! But it was so weird. Even though he's so creepily happy, he was so happy about killing things. Yeah. About pointing out what all of his weapons can do. Hey, do you guys want to see the latest in microwave weapons technology? We can roast the innards of a field mouse from 50 miles up. Wait, why would you want to do that? Which, again, was odd because he first worked in the, what was it? A non-lethal weapon. So now now it's lethal weapon. Yeah, but he's just totally giddy about killing things. Yeah. So now, just watching this episode and not seeing any further, I remember being confused about Jack, Henry, and Joe. So if the whole town was adjusted to be compliant, why weren't they? 
Well, I don't think everybody was adjusted to be compliant. Only the ones that needed to be, needed like to. Parrish. Okay. Parrish was unadjusted right. until he started showing signs that he was not going to be a team player. Right, because knowing what we know later, I still wonder why Joe confronted Martha and got Zane zapped. Why was Jack yeah. and Joe helping? It was a little confusing to me. You know, but as the whole thing progresses, then you understand that it was all part of the plan. Because the plan wasn't to keep it AI. It was The plan was for them to defeat the AI and then go on with their regular right. lives. Right, As normal, then they forget about all the weird differences and everything like that. Yeah. They give them something to do. Then they defeat the Andes, they defeat the AI, and now they're back to normal. Life goes on, and everybody is none the wiser to keep them docile in the Matrix. That's what I mean. Not seeing the next episode yeah. and just watching this one, I was very confused yeah. about all of this. And it's funny, though, that even though all the relationships are split up, they all still went back to their original pairs when they had to work together. Yeah. You know, a lot of that stuff is just the way the show is structured. You don't want to see Zane and Allison go off by themselves. You want to see Zane and Joe, their banter, and Carter and Allison's banter. There was not weird to me. When I was yeah. watching it, I didn't think a thing of it, but you think about things when you're watching it for a podcast. Yeah. So I started thinking about how weird that was. Hmm. I never thought about it until this time. Yeah. That I, they did, were I, I still didn't think about it. Paired up it. in their just, original yeah. couplings. It just totally made and, sense to me yeah. that that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> I totally missed it. This is just a little thing, and you probably saw it, but I totally missed it until this time when I watched it. The thing that was attacking Zane and Joe, was that a giant Martha or something that crashed into the yeah, that was a gi- Yeah, that was a giant Martha. When the thing exploded, they show a picture of Carter's Jeep. It destroyed Carter's Jeep. <laughs> I never saw that before. I never noticed But that. it could not have. The thing was the size of yeah, a ship. Did you look? This yeah. Jeep was on fire. It was on fire because of the shootings and the missiles. Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't something. because it crashed well, into something. it. Because it crashed into it and there was like a, basically a mushroom cloud. Right. Over the, well, uh, something over the in that whole thing. Which is another thing destroyed. about Eureka. No one said, holy shit, what did we just blow up? <laughs> they never say that. You know, well, giant explosions and no one ever scenario. says, should we go look to see what the ship blew up? That's just some odd random bridge. That was just a that random bridge. That wasn't yeah, the that original wasn't bridge, the, bridge. the disappearing okay. bridge. Yeah, yeah, that was just a random bridge. That <laughs> and like I said, I have a lot of questions for the next episode. I can't ask them until the next episode. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> should, should we just start talking about the next episode? I know. So I you thought, can get it out of your system? I thought of that. I thought that we should we just could do a two the for, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Do just a two did, for I did think of that because uh, I just don't want it to be too long. I try to make these as long as somebody's drive to work. Oh, okay. You know, so you figure 20, 25 20, minutes. Sometimes yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a few that are 40, but... Oh, okay. You pick up on your way home. So, do you have anything... Well, when Zane starts to think something's wrong, I think in my head, that he's going to figure this thing out immediately. Yeah. He's going to obsess about it like he always does. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really do that. Yeah, and I think it was just because he had such a hard time getting out of GD. Yeah, and then they all get together in the basement when the robot comes and takes Henry and Grace right. to get readjusted. I'm saying to myself while I'm watching it, how do they know what's going on? Does Carter and Joe immediately know what's going to happen? Because I guess maybe they've seen it before, this is what's going to happen. Well, Carter said, I've seen that face before. So apparently he has seen that face before and he does know what's going to happen. Yeah. When Andy comes into Carter's house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Carter says, I've seen that face before. So it leads us to believe anyway that he's seen this happen to other people. 
Henry's watching them while they're watching him. I have to imagine Henry knows what's going on, too. Yeah, but another question is why, if AI is running everything and the Andes are in control of all security and right. everything else, why would they allow Henry to still live in the town in his garage? Yeah. Come to find out it's all part of the plan to begin right, with, right. you know? But to have crazy Henry in his garage with a secret basement that Andy doesn't know about. It could be possible that Henry's that smart that if we didn't know what we know moving forward yeah. in this episode, it could be possible that Henry is just that smart that he can keep it away from Andy. Yeah, because the way they explain it is that they blamed Henry for the disaster, mm-hmm. the ship launching prematurely and being lost. So he was excommunicated from GD and town. So presumably he's not even allowed into town anymore. I didn't even realize that. I know he didn't have access to GD. Well, maybe that was just I don't know. Because I don't know where his garage is. I still haven't found a map. I've been searching for a map. Now, when Fargo and Holly go to hack the computer, they have to take down all the firewall for Sarah. Because Sarah's running the place. Right. They go to Carter's house, right? Was that Carter's house? That's what I'm asking. Because I thought that was GD. Although, I don't know. Because they just showed the paneling. They just showed a wall. They didn't show us where he was. I want to say it was Carter's house. Because that's where she originated. Originated. Most of her guts are Carter's house. That could be. Unless they moved her over the GD. And if he was in GD, why would the Andes allow him even anywhere near the panel that allows him to go into... So you might be right. It might be Carter's house. Because that would make sense. That didn't even occur to me. I just thought they were in GD. Yeah. It's the, you know, the back door into Sarah is the panel they open up. Unless the back door into Sarah is at Fargo's house because he created her. Huh, maybe. We've never seen Fargo's house. But nobody's ever mentioned anything about that before. You would think that Fargo would have said at some point. I know he has the 800 number. If there's any problems, you can call the 800 number. (laughs) And get the English guy. (laughs) (laughs) But he's never said anything about having uh, access to Sarah. I don't know. It just assumed, I didn't think about it. I just assumed it was GD, but you're probably right. Because how would they get access to the panel at GD? Yeah. And why would all of her ultra-sensitive firewalls, you know, to stop people from being able to hack her, be located 10 feet inside of Carter's house? That is no longer controlled Controlled by Sarah. Controlled by Sarah, right. I don't know. I'm going to go with her... Firewall is located somewhere else. Not Carter's house, not GD. Somewhere that Fargo... This was a a third... That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm going to go with. Somewhere that Fargo... Because why would Fargo have an 800 number to fix Sarah if he had no access to anything without going to Carter's house? Yeah, but would that access be a tunnel? That I don't know. Yeah. But I'm going to go with there's a third site. (laughs) We're just going to say it was a third site. You can go with GD, yeah. but I think I'm going to go with after. Because didn't they open up they, Sarah's panels in other episodes? They did, and those were in Carter's house. But it was a totally That's different... That's when Sarah was was Carter's house. Right, but it was a totally different panel. It was a totally different wall. Yeah. Yeah, this was a wood wall that I can't right, even imagine yeah. where that would be. Because GD doesn't seem to have wood. But, and, but Carter's house has, you know... Maybe. A homey feel to maybe, it. Maybe. Maybe it's another part of Carter's house that we don't see. I'm now convinced it was Carter's house. Okay. That they went to Carter's house. I'm on the fence. To get in. I think there might be a third site, but I definitely don't think it was GD. Yeah. But now for the Matrix to work, 
Fargo's and Holly are real people in the Matrix. They don't know that right at this point. Right. That, that's where they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means that Beverly had to know that the access to Sarah was in Carter's house and that's where the firewalls were to be able to program that right. into this scenario. And these are kind of a lot of the questions I had for these kind of those yeah. kind of questions that I had for next episode because we learn more in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. So I, there was some of the things yeah. that I needed. Because at the end of this episode is when we learn all of that was, was fake. Right. But yeah. we don't learn the extent of all of it being fake until the next episode. Yeah. What else you got? The biggest question I had, which was in my head the whole time, was the relativity problem. And you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's a question that I cannot answer. You know, a lot of sci-fi shows, like uh, Mm -hmm. Star Trek, has their uh, Heisenberg compensator. And that's just a simple thing to explain something that's unexplainable. This show doesn't try to even do that. They just state things, and everybody just doesn't think of it anymore. Because the show's not about the science. The show is about the people. But the show is about the science. It's about the ultra, really smart people that live in a scientific community. Exactly, but I've told you before. Right. They write the show for me. Yeah. (laughs) Not for you. They do. But faster than light travel, they could have come up with some sort of pseudo-scientific reason why this occurred. But they don't, and it bothers me. We know. Yeah. <laughs> it bothers me. Because even in the fictional world where something with mass can travel at light speed, then faster than light travel, you have to ask yourself, what would happen then? See, I don't have to ask myself If that. <laughs> If time did go backwards in this fictional reality, mm-hmm. then why didn't they set that in the deep past? Back in 1942. I really Or wouldn't. why couldn't they just explain that once you hit the speed of light and time stops, going faster than the speed of light makes no difference because time stopped anyway. Well, I just didn't even follow what you just said. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very happy that we didn't go back to 1947. Let's yeah. Let's just say that. But. Yeah. But they could have said that. They only said that you've been gone for four years. And we're traveling faster than the speed of light. We've only been gone for a couple of minutes, which in reality is absolutely possible. You go a certain velocity for a couple of minutes, time is different for you than it is for the people. For everybody else, right? Yeah, for everybody else. So that's not a problem, but faster than light makes it a problem. Yeah, but isn't that why they're in the stasis thing? Well, they're in the stasis thing because the G-forces of a faster than light travel was my understanding of it. Now... Allison's not in one of those stasis things. Right, true. She just buckles in. Right. So I think your understanding of it is correct because my understanding was that of it was from the Twilight Zone when the guy Uh-oh. went to another planet for however many years he went to another planet. Yeah. And he was supposed to be in stasis so he didn't age. Oh, okay. So when he came back, he came back the same age. Yeah. He met some woman before he left and he was in love and she was in love and so while he was in space, he decided to get out of the stasis so he would age right along with her. Yeah. And then when he came back, he was like 90 years old. And because she was so in love with him, she put herself in stasis oh, for okay. 40 and years. she was still young. And so she was young. Yeah. So I think that influences my thoughts about the containment pods that they're in. Yeah, no, I thought I, the containment pods were because of the G-forces involved in yeah. 
Because a lot of sci-fi films, you have the stasis modules because mm-hmm. it takes so long to get to a place. They have to put you in cryogenic sleep right. or you wouldn't live long enough to get to where you were going. Right. But if you're traveling faster than the speed of light, you're going to go to Titan in a week or two. You're just going to be there. At some point in this episode, somebody says something about you haven't aged a bit. And the person says, well, no, I haven't. It's I like, haven't aged Because a bit. I'm yeah. the same age, even though four years have passed. Yeah. So that further influenced my thoughts. But speaking of that, the other thing that I was kind of obsessing about Mm -hmm. while I was watching it is Allison and Carter. He's talking about Joe and the kids and she's all weepy and stuff about it, Mm -hmm. you know, by her her perspective. It's a minute. She's only been gone a couple minutes. His perspective, they've been gone four years. Four years. But the whole time when they talk about these things, they never bring that up. That. She never says, you know what, just five minutes ago, we were right. we were going to get married. Right. This time yesterday, we were going to get right. married. But even though they never say it, I think that the whole time. Yeah, and that's what I know. was thinking the whole time. And I'm like, you know what, why don't you just say that to him so he'll stop being a jerk. Jerk, yes. <laughs> and say it to Joe, and Joe is being all <laughs> right. friendly. And says, then she gets scared and wants to get in her bed. Yeah. Like, all right, Joe. <laughs> you know what, yesterday, that was a one-year-old. I don't know if they did that on purpose. I felt she didn't really have to say it because I was thinking it. But I guess, yeah, I could see how you wanted her to say it yeah. to them just to not take it Just so, to clear not, things up. Right, you, not take it instead of, well getting, as... instead of getting huffy about it, you say, you know, Carter, why you got to be a jerk? Well, it, you know, it's been four years. No, it hasn't. It, hasn't, right? it has it's not been, been four minutes. years. Yeah. That was another thing I found unbelievable about the Carter and Joe. And again, they spent so much time with Carter chasing Allison. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what a perfect couple they were. Then they have us believe that he could fall in love with Joe. I get it. But that when Allison came back, he wouldn't want to. But he did say when he was explaining it that the relationship evolved Mm -hmm. over time. It wasn't Allison's gone. Yeah. We should totally hook up. From what I gather is they've only been together for like a year. So it was three years of her helping raise the kids, helping him around the house, mm-hmm. getting over his depression and obsession and whatever right. about losing Allison. And they grew closer over that time. And it was just something that evolved naturally. Yeah. I could get behind that. That's something that's possible. I could see, yes, I can understand that yeah. happening. But when Allison comes back, that I can't understand. I'm sure he's not going to turn around to Joe and say, hey, get out of here. Yeah. But. Thanks for all your help. Right. But (laughs) I can't see that he's not even. I'm going to need that key back. (laughs) Entertaining the fact that they could be back together. Yeah. That's the part that, to me, is not plausible because of their relationship. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that he loves Joe more than he loved Allison. Right. But, again, for him, four years have passed. Right. That, to me, was plausible. No, I get it. And I don't have a problem with the time frame or the reasons they got together. It makes perfect sense in the real world. That's not what I mean. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for realism's sake, the love of your life dies unexpectedly. Yeah. And I don't care if it's four years have passed. She comes back and Carter and Joe seem to be very secure in their relationship, which is a good thing, except that the love of your life comes back from the dead. Right. So there's not even an inkling of confusion about this with Carter and Joe. And Joe being the most insecure person on the earth, there was none of that. There was none of that insecurity that you would expect to see from Joe. And that questioning that you would expect to see from Carter. Like I said, I'm not saying that 
they wouldn't stay together. I'm saying that there was no... They were very secure about their relationship. Too secure for it to be realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always suspected that they would hook up at some point. It would be awkward. It would just make everything awkward for the rest of the series or for however long, unless one of them was leaving or dying or something, like I said earlier. But then again, I just was going under the assumption that this was the exit plan Yeah. uh, for her. Right. You know, there would be two or three more episodes and then... She was gone or something. She gets angry, quits, and... Right. You know. Right. So you have anything else? I have nothing else. else. All right. We'll be back next week with episode two of season five. See you later. Okay, bye. (laughs) I was looking at my notes. As my first official act as director of GD, I am reinstating all Astraeus crew members to their previous posts. And Joe Lupo as my head of security. We have our town back. Uh, Excuse me, sir. What about the rest of us? Right. Well, once you've completed your neural recalibration, we'll talk. (laughs) That sounds super boss. I kind of like Isaac better this way. Yeah, me too. The greatest minds in Eureka are working for us now. And they don't even know it. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for season 5, episode 2, The World Fame. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.